0: Hey, what's up guys? Here on the Fire Sports Pod, where everything we do here is fire. You guys know the drill. So let's get right to this audio show I have for you guys today on uh, Friday morning. Let's get right to it. Um, Let's move into some, some certain news outside of college football and with the Yankees. If you guys don't know, um, uh, the uh, with college football, this is really the, the effect of how Deion Sanders... Made Colorado football the center of the sports universe. Literally, it's over NFL football. It's over other college teams. It's over f- baseball. It's been the talking thing throughout the whole sports industry and the sports universe. Everyone's talking about Deion Sanders, his son, and that Colorado team. Where they can really make a push for that top spot in the uh uh in the, in the in the in the at the top four. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Colorado in that top four. I would not I would like to see Dion in a chance to win a national championship. That would be pretty cool, especially with Shadir Shadar um Sanders, which is his son, which is the quarterback of Colorado, and also uh um the wide receiver, which is absolutely phenomenal. I mean w- just just in general, they're 2 0 off of fantastic wins. TCU versus Colorado to kick off college football was a phenomenal game 45 42. Sanders had like almost 400 and something, almost five, over something, about 500 something yards and four touchdowns. It was just insane. But with that being said, The last, they've just beat Nebraska, 36-14. That gives Colorado more wins this season already, too, than it had all of last season. Embarrassed the uh, Cornhuskers in a renewal of a once dormant but still vicious rivalry. Attract a level of attention that stretches for beyond the reaches of college football. And append many of the norms and sets of a decorum that longtime fans of the spot have held dear. Not bad for week two. In chaos on the field, a few Colorado players mill about, dazed and following fans to pat them on the back. Remember, this this game was the first game at Colorado with Dion and everything, so everyone stormed the field. It was fantastic to see. But and all in all, this this is just ridiculous on how big Dion has made, uh, primetime has made Colorado, because they were nothing. They weren't talked about. They weren't doing nothing. Again. The Buffaloes opened the season as a three-touchdown underdogs to TCU. This was the former team that was in the national championship against Georgia. They were supposed to lose by three touchdowns, um, Colorado. They defeat the national runner-ups 45-42, like I said, in week one. They entered week two as a slight favorites over Nebraska, not a crazy favorites over Nebraska, and proceeded to humiliate the Huskers. In a game in which they never trailed. All of this with a roster that includes 86 new players, the majority of whom were recruited from high school or the transfer portal after Sanders arrived in December. When Sanders first showed up in the boulder, he famously told a room full of Colorado players, We've got a few positions taken care of because of I'm bringing my luggage with me. And it's Louis, Louis Vuitton. Go ahead and jump in that portal. The message was clear. The players who had gone 1-11 last season were not good enough. Sanders would be finding replacements, and the incumbents could find new homes. This set of the most audacious roster over in the history of college football. Something possible only in the new age of the transfer porter. And what you guys don't understand, that transfer porter really makes it easier for teams to have big names at their school. Like Colorado, like little names like um, Indiana, Nebraska, those type of things that you can really, for those small schools, TCU, you got a lot of t- small schools that can now get big talent because of the transfer portal. It's a good thing, and it's also maybe a bad thing in certain things. But telling a group of college students who expected to spend four years at one school they should instead find another upset many people around the sport. That's not the way it meant to be. Pitt coach Pat said in May, those kids have moms and dads and brothers and sisters and goals in life. I don't know how many of those 70 really wanted to leave or they were kicked in the butt to get out. Sanders, for his part, responded by saying, I don't know who he is. If he walked in here right now, I wouldn't know him. That, that, that's funny, but that's prime time right there. At least from a competitive standpoint, Colorado's overall appears to have worked. The Buffs' defense may be porous on the ground. TCU rushed for 262 yards in Week 1, and their offensive line can occasionally be overwhelmed by the pass rush. Nebraska had eight sacks in Week 2, but the team is undefeated and has doubled last season's win total. Colorado's floor is com- uh, um, compete uh, competence. It's ceiling. We still don't know. One person who will define that ceiling is Shadir Sanders. Deion's son and Colorado's quarterback has quickly put the rest of any suspicions that he is starting because of the the Thompson. He is the Buffs breakout star, poised and mobile and decisive, spraying the ball to playmakers all over the field. Dude, I'm telling you guys, in week one, he broke a school record by passing for 510 yards against those national Champion, national runners up in TCU At TCU And then in week 2 He started a little slow A little slow against Nebraska But he finished still with over Almost 400 passing yards He finished with 393 to be exact And 2 tutties He has rocked into the Heisman Trophy conversation And is even gaining buzz As a future first round NFL draft pick There ain't no buzz He is a definite first round draft pick He's in the likes of a Caleb Williams. He's in that category. I'm telling you for a fact, at the end of the season, you're going to see his staff, and you're going to see where Colorado is, and you're going to be like, Sadar Sanders should be the runner-up for the Heisman Trophy. But after Nebraska's game, Shadar walks into the media room, flanked by wide receiver Xavier Weaver and defensive lineman Tayjan Olsen. He is clapping and grinning and saying school buffs, seemingly confused about why he, the reporters are not clapping and grinning, cheering along with him. He sits, he wears a chain with his number two, encrusted in diamonds, and his grin ignites, broadening into a full smile. At this stage in his life, it shines even brighter than his dad's. So just, it's just showing you guys, just hearing some of the stuff that I was telling you, just, just shows you that this is going to be a historic season for Colorado and in college football in general. Sanders' success so far is undeniable, but there are still plenty in the sport who criticize the methods by which he achieved it. They can all screw themselves. I think Dion did what he had to do, and it is what it is. He began his college coaching career at Jackson State which he made Jackson State one of the best uh, historically ba- black um, uh, black colleges, where he insisted that he saw the job as about much more than football, as a mission to reinvigorate the university and other HBCU institutions as, as a whole. But when the chance to take the Colorado job ride, less than three years after he told Michael Stranger on Good Morning America that God led me to Jackson State, he jumped at a position with a higher profile and better resources. I mean, he was there for three years. He made Jackson State knowable. They actually showed them on television for the first time. I've never seen them show Jackson State on television uh, in week one against, uh, against uh, I forgot the team, uh, with some Florida team. Never seen them on television at all, and you finally get the chance. He jumped out of position. It happens. And then he proceeded to let many Buffalo Buffalo's players know that they were su- surplus to his requirements. I couldn't have stayed. Former Colorado wide receiver Grant Page told the Denver Post in April, I really wanted to. His position coach, he said, told him it was best for me to leave. So just showing that he didn't really care what the other kids were dealing with and how long they've been there. He wanted his team, he wanted his people, when those people that can execute what he wants to do on offense and defense and special teams and be able to get it done and produce wins. The other people weren't cutting it. So, I mean, obviously... What's the thing? You keep them along, have a terrible season, or you get rid of them and get new players. I kind of agree. Do I agree with the way he says it to those players? Could it be said a different way? Yes. Do I agree in the whole aspect of it? Yes, I do. I do agree in the whole aspect of it. But moving on from Deion Sanders and Colorado football, how Colorado and Dion have basically took sports universe and college football by storm um, over the last two weeks. It's going to keep continuing. But from now on, let's move on to some Yankees news. Not good news, I would say. Uh, really, really not good news. Um, but at the same time, it, we have to talk about it. Injuries and moves. Loisica has gone on to the IL. McAllister is signed to an MLB contract. September 12th, we signed a right-handed pitcher Zach McAllister to a major league contract and selected him to active roster place. Uh, Right-handed pitcher Jonathan Lawiska on a 15-day injury list, uh, retroactive to September 10th. With a right elbow inflammation transfer, Anthony Rizzo to 60-day IL, which basically means Anthony Rizzo will not be coming back this season. We already knew that. Loisica last pitched on September 9th against Milwaukee when he allowed three runs in an inning, taking the loss. McAllister, 35, has not pitched in the majors since 2018. Selected by the Yankees in the third round of the 2006 MLB draft, McAllister was sent to Cleveland in a 2010 trade for an outfielder, Austin Kearns, to make room on the 40-man roster. Rizzo post-concussion syndrome was moved to the 60-day IL. September 12th. Claimed right-handed pitcher Luke Weaver off the waivers from the Mariners transferred left-handed pitcher Nestor Cortez to a 60-day injury list. His season's over as well, which kind of sucks because Nestor Cortez was really dealing in the beginning of the season when he came back and then got injured again. Weaver is 30, could be called upon to provide some depth for a bullpen that has grown thin in recent weeks following a rash of injuries. He was 2-5 with a 6.77 ERA in 26 games this season for the Reds in Seattle. That's absolutely atrocious. What a great move by Cashman and, and the front office. The move concerning uh, Cortez is a, per- uh, a predator since his season was already expected to be over due to the injury. On September 11th, outfielder Estevan Floreau, selected from a Triple A Scranton slash Wilkes-Barre, outfielder Jason Dominguez placed on a 10-day I.L. With Dominguez officially placed on the injuries list, reactive active to Sunday with a right UCL tear, Flora Floreau. Is back up. The former prospect was designated for an assignment on April 1st, but went unclaimed. With the Rail Raiders this season, Florida produced a career high in home runs 28, RBI 79, and total bases 231. So, really, that says Nesto court I mean, um, uh, Jason uh, Dominguez is basically out for the season. Jason Dominguez is out for the season. He's placed on a 10-day IL, but he has a UCL tear. He just today went into surgery for Tommy John. Um, so he's officially out for the rest of the season, and he was promising he was getting onto his swing and things, so it was kind of hard to see him go. But he'll be back next year uh, locked and ready to roll. Um, but on a 10-day and 15-day out, Jason Dominguez, like I said, uh, Dominguez is likely looking at a 9 to 10th month recovery, which the Yankees said is standard for a position player returning from this procedure. Uh, they said we're excited about the player. I am too. Uh, still a lot of development to be had, but first things getting through his this and hopefully going through a really good winter of rehab. Let's hope that goes well. Jonathan the right elbow inflammation. Eh. Uh, he might be able to get back. We'll see about that. Uh, Ian Hamilton, right groin strain. He's probably going to be out for the rest of the remainder of the season um, because it's not looking like we're going to make the playoffs. Keon Middleton, right shoulder inflammation. He's not ex- expected to return late September. Luis Sabarino, left oblique strain, expected to return in 2024. We shut him down for the season. That was it. Uh, right handed pitcher Albert Abreu, right hamstring strain, expected to return in 2024. He's out. Uh, Billy McKinnon, left lower back spasm, expected return to be determined. We don't know when McKinnon's going to be returning. 60-day IL, Anthony Rizzo, will not return to 2024 with the concussion syndrome. Um, Nestor Cortez, left rotator cuff strain, won't return to 2024. Louis Gill, Tommy John surgery as well, won't return to 2024. Let's hope he comes back well. Scott Eferis, right-handed pitcher, Tommy John surgery as well. Won't return to 2024. If you guys see the pattern, we're we hurt and hurt and hurt and hurt. Not to mention hitting, but pitching is really, it's all pitching right now. Right-handed pitcher Frankie Montanis, right shoulder inflammation, expected to return 2024. He's out too. Jose Trevino, right wrist tear. He's definitely out for the remainder of the season. That was, to go, that was about a month and a half ago. He has an ending repair to torn a TFCC ligament in his right wrist. Uh, right, uh, right, right-handed pitcher Ryan Weber, right forearm strain. Expect the return to be determined. Uh, Louis, Lou Trevino Tommy John surgery won't be expected until 2024. Ladies and gentlemen, on the Fire Sports Pod, I'm your host, Zach Jackson. That is a lot of freaking injuries. That is a ridiculous amount of injuries on our bullpen, starting pitching, and hitting as well. It's really taken a toll on us. And to the point where we... We really can't recover from this. We were never able to recover, and not to mention Judge missed 50 games this season. That was really the big thing without Judge, but we're so dependent on one star that we need to branch out to be more less dependent on all those stars and be a little bit better. But other than that, guys, that's pretty much it for the Fire Sports Pod where everything we do here is fire. I hope you guys enjoyed my audio show here on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Right after this, we're going to be um, setting up, posting our... Um, the our show for the YouTube actually like I said we're recording this now on Thursday um, we're going to be posting this tonight and Friday would be our YouTube show we're going to be posting YouTube show Friday morning um, at 5 in the morning so check out for that. Uh, but this should be posting today, but it usually takes a couple hours, so I might not post it, and it will come by about 2 o'clock tomorrow in the morning or 5 in the morning. We'll see how how, how it goes. But definitely, YouTube show is going to be on tomorrow at 5 in the morning. Check out for that. Uh, but other than that, guys, I hope you enjoyed my audio show here on the Fire Sports Pod. Like I said, again, rocking second week in a row alone, but hey, we can still give it a fire show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Have a great rest of your weekend. Enjoy the NFL football Sunday. Enjoy college football. Enjoy the rest of the Yankee season while it lasts because sooner or later it's going to be over. Other than that, guys, that's all I got for you. I'm your host, Zach Jackson. Have a great rest of your day and a great weekend. Peace out.